Hey everybody, it's your old pal Matt here. Wanted to let you know that today's episode, the audio is a little bit funky. The audio is a little bit strange. Um, it sounds fine, you can hear everything fine, but there's this kind of noise in the back. Um, I've tried playing with GarageBand, trying to get rid of it, and trying to get do things to get it better, but I gotta be honest. I know nothing about audio engineering. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm amazed that I even actually got it to record, to be perfectly frank. So... I ask you to look past the little bit of a sound lack of quality, but quite frankly, if you've been listening to us, you are well versed in looking past quality. So thank you for listening. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Main Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name's Matt, and the other Matt, as I like to say, he's not here. Uh, this is one of our special reports where I'm out in the field and I'm talking to real-life people who actually do the stuff that we call education. Uh, today, I'm sitting with uh, Jason Judd and Dolly Sullivan from Educate Maine. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Now, have ever, any of you listened before or engaged with us online at any point? I am your biggest fan. I know. I know, Dolly. We're, we're of course so we listen. You were just fishing for that compliment. Of course I am. I got to get them any way that I can. I can't. I don't get them at home. I don't get them at work. I gotta. I gotta. I really gotta look for them. But but thank you for taking time because um, we wanted to talk a little bit today about you know what Educate Maine does around the state and some of the different programs that it is. So first of all, Jason, let's talk about you since sure. you're brand new in the position. Talk about your position. What what sure. are you doing now? So I'm the new executive director of Educate Maine, and uh, great, thank you. <laughs> uh, I've been on staff here at Educate Maine for a little over three years, and I've uh, been facilitating the Project Login uh, program and working with Dolly and a number of other colleagues on, uh, for Educate Maine, and I just transitioned into the executive director role uh, this past summer. So I've been on, been on the job, I don't know, six weeks or so now. Oh, so really, so, so really still fresh. Definitely so fresh, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, we're in your office, and there, there's not a whole lot of artwork on the wall. <laughs> we're working on that, you know, Dolly's helping me out so with those details. Give that homey type feeling. Yeah. I you do have a plan. You <laughs> I do have a plan. And, I have a couple and it's of alive. Plans, you know? And it's alive. <laughs> and it, and that's better than I can do. I have some books, you know. <laughs> I can't even keep succulents alive, those things that you can't kill. Um, pastas I destroy, which you can't, and they imperfectly plant. Project Login, you mentioned. Yes. So this is something that anyone who's either listened to me either online or offline knows that I'm really passionate about is stuff like computer science and bringing that have a computational thinking uh, to our learners. Um, share with our, our faithful 17 listeners uh, what Project Login is, a little bit about it, but if you sure. would. So Project Login is, is one of the Educate Maine programs and it was founded a number of years ago by the Chancellor of the University of Maine System and seven of Maine's uh, CEOs uh, to really address the, the tech workforce. So to think about how to grow the tech workforce in this state. Uh, at the time, we were already kind of facing a shortage of, of folks with tech skills. And these CEOs and the Chancellor of the System said, you know, that obviously looked at the future and said, this, this problem might get worse if we don't kind of step up and, and do something about it. So they formed Project Login. And uh, I became the program director a couple of years ago. And it's really focused on not only growing the tech workforce, but thinking about that in both sort of the short term and the long term. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of work around computer science education in the in the K-12 environment. Uh, we work with higher ed education institutions um, to really support students that might be going into tech uh, majors or minors uh, to persist and graduate and get great jobs here in Maine. And then we work closely with employers um, to help them get the talent that they need um, as well in many of these tech opportunities. And uh, over the years, uh, obviously, um, tech has changed, and it's not, just, think? it's not just about computer science majors anymore, but it's really about all graduates having foundational uh, tech skills as they come out of the K-12 system and into higher education. Yeah, that's, it, that's, a, that's a huge component, and um, we've been working on that in the district that I work in for a, for a while now, and trying to get out of this silo of literacy and mathematics, that it's all just about math, and so what if we took that time, instead of saying just math, that we focus on the, well, the STEM, the science, technology, and engineering, and the mathematics side of it, put it all together. Because um, not just is it what we're seeing with the, our cell phones and iPads and other things like that, but if I remember correctly, 70% like of all of the emerging uh, jobs that are coming out 
in, in the state of Maine are STEM related. Yeah. And that might be a low number. Yeah. You know, I might be lowballing that because that everything is going to be STEM related. I um, we're going to kind of circle around a lot of things here because I want to talk about school to work, mm -hmm. but I also want to talk about the education leaders experience, the ELE, because mm -hmm. that was something that I was very fortunate to be a part of. Uh, pretty much thanks to Dolly's uh, egging and, and, and nudging and pushing me to do it because I wasn't so sure I wanted to. And it was one of the best professional learning experiences that I've had. Um, I, I grew a tremendous amount of it. But what the education leaders experience, uh, what, we got to talk to a lot of different companies. We'll talk about it in a second. But one of the things that I really took away from that experience was I, I, I always heard like manufacturing is dead. Manufacturing is dying, and they just they have to find a completely new way. Of, no, the manufacturing isn't dead at all. It is thriving. It's just having to rethink how we look at manufacturing and what it all means. Is, so am I on there? Where am I with the, the emerging workforce, the project login, the whole thing about computer science, the STEM? That's, that's where I come from a place, uh, from a, as a curriculum director point of view, of needing to look at our kids to make sure that what are we preparing them for? Well, you know, the, you're right. Manufacturing Maine is alive and well. As we see when we make these education leaders experience visits, you know, Pratt & Whitney and Tam Brands and, um, you know, even to, even the boat building, it is, it's just different. It looks different. It's not the mill experience um, of, you know, of the 60s and the 70s. It's just in, in their new skills. And one of the benefits of this, of ELE is that the employers get to speak firsthand with the educators and opening that, those lines of communications is, is ideal. That's what we need to do. He, these are the, this is the knowledge and the skills that we need for the, for the jobs of today and tomorrow. I think we constantly say, obviously, we're helping students understand and be prepared for jobs that don't even exist, you know, and, sure. and so much of the work with ELE and Educate Maine as a whole is about school and businesses partnering together to address some of these needs that we have locally and statewide um, and, and figure out strategies and programs that can help kind of bridge bridge this divide. Um, and I think ELE is a great example of that. As Unum developed it a number of years ago, um, they really wanted to help out um, educators and help teach them about the businesses in the local communities. And, and ELE has, has certainly done that um, since it started. It's a, it really is a unique model of leadership um, development. I mean, it's, yeah. it's and and we're fortunate to partner with with Unum um, and the Maine Principals Association on this. But actually, and Unum has we there is another ELE in South Carolina, and you know built on what we started here in Maine with Carrie Olson and Unum. So it's so exciting. Maine so Maine was like the pilot or the initial program for this. The leader, yes. Yeah. This is another shocking trend that I'm seeing, and I, that that really Maine does have this uh, this really forward-thinking place in terms of education. We are one of these places where just we start things, and then other places copy what we do. They look to us. We never get any of the recognition for it because you know that's what goes to like the New Yorks and the Los Angeleses and the Atlantas and the Houston's of the world. But one-to-one -one, ELE proficiency-based. Diplomas, guiding principles, guiding principles, standards-based education with, with the main learning results. We are some, we're the first mm -hmm. to do all that. So, um, hey, folks, Maine's a great place to teach and to work um, as well. I, I'm guessing. So, uh, ELE was something that I that I got to participate in, and what it, what it basically is is um, once a month or so, a bunch of amazing educators from all over the state uh, come together, and we would you tour businesses, corporations, industries, etc. You mentioned Pratt and Whitney. That was one of the ones that stuck out in my head the most because one of the things we got to see where they making airplane engines, whether they're for uh, big passenger engines or for the fighter jets. And we talked to a person there who they were developing a part of the fan or a rotor or something in there and they just couldn't do it quickly enough. So they had to innovate and they created new technology in that building. They, they redesigned it and they rethought it to do what made sense for that particular, they built it there to then manufacture it more. That's the manufacturing that I was seeing. It wasn't just a pulling a lever 800 times a day. It was really thoughtful. It was having to know a lot of ins and outs about how things work. It's programming, it's designing, it's 
understanding not only the, 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 the system itself, but what the users need. And same, you know, same with Hasi seating, you know, just down the, yeah. just down the road. I mean, it's, you know, it, so many of us have, you know, sat in the, the bleachers or the, you know, the stands at Gillette Stadium and, you know, more than likely one of our um, fellow Mainers had a hand in making those seats. Oh, we just, we, there's this, I, I'm not from Maine, um, but there's this, there's this modesty to people and be like, oh, no, no, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. We're, we, don't, we don't need to be out front. We just need to do a good job. And I think that's really great. And the, hu the humility and the humbleness of everything is fantastic. On the other side, it's like, no, shine. Share the great stuff that you're doing because other people will want to then do it. And the people will also want to come here. Yeah, I agree. And if you do really well on this podcast, we may, <laughs> we may make you an honorary Mainer. Well, thank you very much. Because <laughs> uh, there are two votes here. Uh, thank you. Uh, as uh, you know, my father-in-law was from Massachusetts, and he lived and worked here for I don't know 40 plus years or so, and uh, in the lumber industry uh, as a lumber grader, and he was never considered. They never, mm. never, never called. He had a thicker, he had a thicker Maine accent than the people <laughs> up in the county and wherever they, wherever he was. And no, um, so. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about so far, Project Login, ELE, really gets into this overall theme of uh, school to work, living and working in Maine, and really supporting the Maine infrastructure for students and places like that. I work in a very rural community, in a, I work in the Penquist region, and that's an area that's really struggling to get people to want to come and move there. The town that I work in is having a major housing crisis. So, what are the things that we can do in education? What are the things that we can do beyond education to help? What are you all doing? What are the things that we can do? This is all around this idea of living, working, and supporting the main life. I think it starts with partnership, which is so much of what we do here at Educate Maine. We're a small staff. There's five of us on staff that that work throughout the 16 counties here in Maine. You said five. Five, yeah. Five. Five, we are, yes. We are small wow. but mighty. Small but mighty five. staff. <laughs> um, and, I'm uh, sorry, when you hear <laughs> when you hear the influence and the overall umbrella, you think Educate Maine is just huge. Five people? Yes. But we... I how, never would have yeah, known that. How, how we accomplish our work is through partnership and through other people that have similar views that are passionate about um, school and uh, business partnerships. Um, and that's how we, you know, ELE is a great example of that. Dolly mentioned, you know, um, UNAM and uh, uh, the Main Principals Association and now Thomas College are all partners in that program. And that's what helps us execute that particular program. So I think, I think in terms of advice, it starts with partnership and it starts with schools saying, you know, I want to partner with employers. I want to partner with nonprofits. I want to connect in my community around some of these um, community challenges that we have that face both the schools as well as the, the business community and, and be able to talk about it um, and to be able to be honest with each other and, and, and really figure out kind of what resources are around the table and what other resources can be sought after um, to help um, solve some of those challenges. And I think that really can be done anywhere, regardless of where, where your school is or how rural or urban your school is. It really starts with thinking about life outside of that school and how to bring more people into the school from the community that have resources and expertise that wanna, that wanna help out. Because um, we know resources in Maine are scarce, um, but I think it really starts with being open to partner um, and really listening to other folks and, and help, helping to figure out kind of how they can support your school and uh, bring expertise to the table and, and bring other partners to the table. That, that is, I mean, I think that Educate Maine is a unique model in that we rely on building those partnerships and relationships, but we also have a very dynamic and supportive board of directors and we, you know we work closely with the board of directors and you know that allows us to do some really great work you know with um, you know in, in building the, the partnerships that you know that Jason talked about our partnership with the Maine Department of Education with the Maine Teacher mm -hmm. of the Year program and the Maine State Board of Education and the Maine Teacher of the Year Association we could not do the Maine Teacher of the Year program without that support those partnerships um, you know we've been doing that program um, with the department since 2013 and you know it's it's important for us to as we 
continue to build this growing network of educators, that's how we get the work done and because we're in all 16 counties. And that's important because what we have found in our work is that it's very different. As, as you know, in the Penquist region, it's very different than in Cumberland County or in Washington County and Hancock County, where I'm from. The, the, their regional differences need to have focus support. And that's what we try to do with, with this network of educators. Wow. That was, that, that, that was it, it just sounds like a real, um, what sort of thing, like a design thinking type model of, of, of empathy fueled, human centered. It's, it's not looking at education from a quantitative perspective. It's looking at it from a real personal perspective. But it's also saying that if a, if a school, um, a school is a real heart of a community. It's actually one of the, it's part of the, we're the district that I work in, part of our uh, overall mission statement kind of a thing or, or, or logo, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's really about getting the community and the schools more together, more unified, because they're very separate. They really are. There's, there's, in a lot of places, there's not a whole lot. And I think, I don't know whether, I think part of the thing that, that people struggle with, at least from my perspective, and is that who makes the first move? You know, because, yeah, we want the community to involve, but I don't know who to talk to. Yeah, we want to get industry partners, but who do I call? Who do I call? Who do I contact? Who does that? And if I do make the first call, well, then who does the second call? And who's doing all these meetings now? Because I have a ton of stuff to do. My, my, my list of things to do is a mile high, and I'm not the only one here. Everyone else in my, in my district has this kind of stuff. So that's one of the things that I find. How, how can we break down those barriers? How can we make it easier for folks in administration or teachers or ed techs or food service workers or, or bus drivers to say like, no, we want to be able to connect our industry to that. How, how may we do that with also then also honoring the tried and true main tradition of not feeling like we have to be self-exploitive in a way? You know, well, like, I think that's one of the things that we do best with, with ELE is we open those lines of communications and I think that you know what is what the um, both sides realize is that we're all we're all on the same page we just need to start talking and build those partnerships as you know we have you know we have found um, one of I think maybe in somebody in your class we visited Chimbro and then Chimbro ended up going to the to their school and working with uh, the school to to do some projects and brought the you know the big trucks or whatever they are up and um, you know it's just it's that type of partnership and and the you know in opening the lines of communication that that's the first step and what what we have to realize is that business doesn't want to tell education what to do they just want to be there um, you know have have the conversation and we can't do it unless we, you know, take those first steps, and that's what ELE is all about. Well, I, I will say, as a person who is a recent graduate of the program, I don't know if this is what it's called, graduates or not. I got a nice certificate, um, but it, it's it was well worth well worth it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna loop back towards the end about Teacher of the Year stuff, and I do want to touch on that, but. One of the things, I don't know if you know this about our podcast, Dolly. Jason, I know you're kind of new to the whole thing. <laughs> I listen, though. Oh, thank you yes. very much. You're one of the faithful 17 listeners. Dolly we, got we, me on board very see? early on. <laughs> you, you are been our biggest champion. I, you know, I, Julie, I'm sorry. Julie, I'm sorry. There were two I love of you, us. There were two but, of us. But, but, but Dolly might be taking the cake on this one, although Julie's pretty great, too. Uh, you're amazing, Julie. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I also want to talk about, we do talk a lot about legislation. We spent a lot of time last year uh, talking about what happened in the Education Cultural Affairs Committee, and then when that whole thing ended, it still might be going on, uh, what happened in the House and then the Senate, then finally to uh, Governor Mills' desk. Um, over 60 education bills were signed. 60. Over 200 were presented to the Cultural Affairs, Education Cultural Affairs Committee. I think maybe five or less than five of those that were signed were actually at, uh, instructionally related. What were your thoughts on this last session? What were the things that really stood out to you for being like, this was game changer, this was one of those things that 
or can't wait to go forward with more or really excited about from the Educate Maine project login all the other perspective? From the Maine Teacher of the Year uh, perspective, um, the, the increase in the teacher salary and um, the support for National Board Certified Teachers, you know, that is, that was key. We supported um, that legislation and, you know, we, we know how hard teachers work. We know that there's going to be a, a workforce shortage in, you know, for, for teachers. We have to, we have to rethink the way that we recruit, retain, and advance in teachers. And um, to me, th those, were, th those were very exciting. So to remind, the, and the, 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 the starting salary is going to be up to 40000 and that's going to be incremental. It's going to be built in over a couple of years. It's going to, the, the state's going to help cover the cost, I believe, for three years, and then it's going to be all in the districts to cover the cost. Um, and then National Board Certified, it was a thing where they're going to keep the stipend, but then if you're in a rural area or more, is it 70% or 50% free reduced lunch? Yes. Then you get an additional? And you'll, you'll get an, I don't know, I don't think that it, the original bill was for a $9,000 stipend. That, I don't think that that passed, but it was, uh, but they did add more, especially for the, um, for the districts where the free and reduced lunch. Yeah, I, I remember we talked a lot about that because I thought it was a fantastic idea that, you know, one of the things that we have struggled in in, in, in our district and a lot of places is to get people to go through the process of being nationally board certified because it's highly rigorous. Yet, if you're adding an additional five to ten grand on your salary that doesn't come from the district, that might be incentive annually. That, that can compound especially if you do it early on. So it's one of the things that we're, we're really like pushing to our, our, our teachers. I'm excited about that too. Jason, what about you? Well, certainly, you know, there was a lot of support for, for the teaching profession in the last legislative session, yeah. um, which was great to see. And that's so much of the work that we do here at Educate Maine is supporting our, our teaching workforce and getting more young people to go into the teaching workforce. You know, certainly the increase in funding to, to schools, the increase in the public uh, university system, um, the focus on, on, on not just the K-12 system, but focusing on adult learners as well and actually funding around both early college for students coming, you know, in, in high school, but then also for adult learners. Um, those increases were really nice, nice to see. So, I, you know, it's clear that the administration, the, the education committee is really supportive, you know, fiscally of education and really identifies that they need to put in more um, sort of fiscal support in, into local communities uh, to, to be able to give stu uh, schools what they need. And obviously tied to that certainly is, is the increase in the minimum teacher, teacher wage, wage. So that was, that was all very positive um, in the last legislative session. Yeah. It was. I, 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 you know, we talked about Project Login earlier, and there's a, there's still a whole movement to bring a more computer science uh, lens to things. I know that that we're looking at it. They're they're doing another kind of look at it. And they didn't necessarily say no. We're not going to do that bill. I forgot the the, the LD number, but um, but they kind of kicked the can down to the second session. They want to learn more about it. Right. And I was very glad to see that they took that tactic as opposed to just saying no, flat out. Yeah, there was there was definitely clear support um, for the growth of computer science in Maine. Um, you know, on both sides of the aisle, I think different ideas about how to get there. Uh, but the the great thing was in the last session, uh, as a result of that original bill, uh, that did encourage the Department of Education to um, work on the computer science plan for the state for the K twelve um, schools. And much of the content of that bill is what helped plan the the process of writing the state plan, which happened in in early August in, in draft form. So the Department of Ed convened about 35 K-12 educators and over a two-day period made the first draft of the state plan uh, for computer science specifically. So that's a really positive step um, because you really need to start with a plan as a state. Um, Plans are good. Uh, as opposed to sort of, you know, particular items that might not uh, r relate to one another or, or, or that type of thing. So it was great to see that. I think that the plan will be up on the state's website uh, soon for, for public comment and, yeah. and public review. And, and we're just excited. There's a lot of great computer science 
um, happening throughout Maine, but it's mostly because either individual schools, individual teachers, or students said, this is important, and we're going to do this, um, and I'm glad to see the Education Committee, the Maine Department of Education, and the Governor's Office really trying to figure out how to support the growth of computer science here in Maine. We have a, we have a lot more to do, but we've we got do. to do that through partnership, kind of open communication, and while supporting you know local schools and districts decisions on what what might be best um, to, to fit their needs for you know making sure every student has access to computer science my big hope is that when they put it online it's all been written in cursive so I want to make sure that we can read it because I think that's important yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is it's, it, 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 it's important too um, Call back. Um, yeah, we, we could insert a sarcasm, sarcasm filter right there, right? Yeah. Uh, no, don't worry. This is all going to be edited. All right, right. Right? Well, uh, okay. So anyway, um, so, so there's a couple things that would happen in the crazy 129th. Um, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why Matt and I started this podcast was because of LD 1666. Be, which was the whole original thing of blowing up proficiency-based diplomas. It was like repealing it all. And we followed that one really closely. Two curriculum directors were both really passionate about things like standards-based and student-centered and personalized learning and proficiency-based diplomas. We were, we were, on, the, on, we were on it. We, we both were really into that. And what happened with that bill was just so confusing because we had public testimony on all of this stuff that no repealing or yes or no or don't do it and then it went into a back room and it got completely changed to something completely different didn't have any public testimony on that and then got voted through and then we had the dual system and matt and i said like, what the hell just happened what is this how did this all, how did this all happen and i'll tell you last session I thought I had just get, gained a, an inkling of clarity as to what's happening in Augusta. I, am, I have so much more to learn because it is, it is a riot what happens up there. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're well fed. It's pretty obvious they have, they have a great place, Cross Cafe, right there, basement, good coffee. Good coffee. Nothing else. Good chips. I've heard. <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, I'm fishing for stuff here. I'm fishing for <laughs> stuff here. Got to well, spicy dill pickled yeah. chips that so we've heard. I think what we're looking forward to is, is, is really returning so much of the conversation to be about students and, and looking ahead to the next the next session, you know, our hope is is that we're really, the education committee and other committees that support so much of this work happening in schools really focuses on equity, really focuses on students regardless of where they where they go to school and, and, and continues to think about, you know, which students are thriving in schools and which ones are falling behind and what yeah. we can do about it collectively to make sure we're, we're raising all kids up and making sure that they're graduating with the skills that they need to be successful. You know, I think I think if we keep the focus on students throughout the legislative process, I'm hoping that that will provide a lot of clarity going into the next session on it. And I hope we can, I hope we can get there. And that's always been the DNA of Educate Maine, is that you know it is it's about making sure that our students are successful, and and as we talked about earlier, there are regional differences, and and students need different levels of support to be successful. But that's the thing, is everyone needs to be successful. And to me, personally, that's what the proficiency-based diploma was all about, and proficiency-based education is all about, is to make sure that everybody is successful, and it's about equity. It's about equity for all kids in Maine. Oh yeah, that was one of the, one of the big takeaways that Matt and I always just look at, why would we not want this? Because it, it, it completely levels the playing field. It doesn't make it so that a district with a lower socioeconomic, who has 3% and free reduced lunch versus a district with 75% free reduced lunch, well, we can now talk about equity, not equality, but making sure that everyone is having a, a really fair shot and has, and has the supports that they need to get there when some places just don't have those supports. You know, some places aren't dealing with um, the couch surfing homeless population where kids are just moving from couch home to home to home because they don't actually have a place to live. Or the homes where they're in, they're in, they're in your district for a few first few months, and then as soon as they can't pay the heating bill, they're up and they're gone to another place until they they do that and they move to that. that these are realities that face our families, that face our kids, 
every single day. Well, does, does, the, does the traditional grading and reporting system really work for all kids? And the research doesn't bear it out. I could go on this for a long time. I can go on this for a jag for, for, for a long time. And we love you for it. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you're one of the very, very few. Um, so the 129th comes back in January, right, for this, for their whole, this whole second session. You're looking at equity. Is there anything else that you're really looking at as, a, as an organization with the various things that you do for school to work, for project login, from everything else? What are you looking for that might be coming up that might be one of these things that you're really going to put a whole lot of weight behind? Mm -hmm. Well, as, as you might know, uh, Educate Maine is, is one of the founding members of the Maine Spark uh, Coalition, uh, which is a group that's all organized around the state attainment goal uh, for 60% of Maine adults to have a credential of value or degree by 2025. We know that in 2025, 60% of the jobs in Maine will require a credential of value or degree beyond high school. And right now, we're only at 46% of our adults actually have a credential value or degree. So there's this gap of, of the training and the skills that our adult population have and the actual jobs and the requirements in order to be successful. And we have a, this whole coalition of organizations that are, are working on this goal. And it's actually become a state goal through legislation um, as of a year or so ago. And, and the Department of Education and the governor's office is very aware and supportive of, of this work. And, and I, I mention this because that's so much a part of our uh, policy priorities going into the next session. I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the policy priorities is the expansion of the Maine State Grant Program, um, which really uh, supports um, young people um, that are going into higher education and making sure that that we increase the funding for the Maine State Grant Program um, so that students are taking on uh, less debt, that college is being more affordable, that regardless of if you're getting you know, a four-year degree, a two-year degree, a certificate program, et cetera, that um, the students have increased aid to be able to afford um, that training beyond high school. So in the, in the past, that cap has been $1,000. Um, I know there was support in the last mm -hmm. session, um, but there wasn't funding to, to pay for an increase in, in that cap. Sure. It, so it's, it's carried over into this session. And, and that's one, as a coalition, that is really important to us uh, because really that, that directly connects to the, the neediest students in, in order to be able to have them um, be able to persist and finish their degrees um, and, and help them pay for it. Um, and that's a very, you know, kind of a straightforward program, but that's had a lot of success um, being facilitated by the finance authority here here in Maine. That's, that's really important and can be applied, obviously, to, to any of the schools, to, you know, depending on where students want to go. So that'll be a, a significant priority for us in the next session. And are there other carryover bills that we're focusing on? I'm yeah, there's 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 quite a few. So another one is is uh, obviously part of the Main Spark initiative is, is thinking about who we're attracting uh, to Maine and um, in terms of new opportunities and and uh, what sometimes are referred to as, as new Mainers, um, the immigrant population. Uh, we know that there's a number of barriers for immigrants to Maine um, to get included in the workforce, um, and there's a specific bill that helps to address. Um, some of the barriers for for immigrants and actually have a much more welcoming and inclusive environment uh, to get them into both training and jobs here in the state. So we'll be paying close attention to that bill. Uh, we know from employers that obviously workforce is a significant uh, priority. Um, workforce, we have a significant workforce shortage, and and uh, we know that uh, so many of the of the immigrants coming to Maine um, want to work, and we need to make sure that, that we're a supportive employment community to be able to help them transition um, from, you know, into training programs and then into 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 Maine to be able to live and, and work. And to recognize the skills, the knowledge and skills, and the credentials that they have mm -hmm. from their um, from their uh, the control from from which they come to Maine. Right. I mean, that's important for you know many of them. Uh, we just have to figure out how to. To translate those uh, those credentials and, and their and their skills. Yeah, I mean the, 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 that's one of the great ways we're going to grow this state is not just the people within it, but also bringing making it a place where people want to come to and have easy access to come to. But also, I mean this college debt thing you were to be brought up earlier. That's that's a real. It scares the heck out of me. I got an 11 year old mm -hmm. going into middle school this year. And so, please feel bad for me. Um, and you know, we're 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 taught we're we're doing all this saving and stuff, but we're also looking at the whole greater spectrum of things and saying, 
is going to college right after school the best thing for her? Is it possibly doing a thing like actually going into the workforce or getting a certification? Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I'm going to be following closely is this, um, the, they're doing a, a study on comprehensive high schools, mm -hmm. um, which is a model that um, my district that I work in was part of a, a, a three that got finalized to, to develop and create a very innovative project for a comprehensive high school that actually brought in industry into the building, brought in local partnerships and higher education. Um, and I know I, my only concern with that going forward is it doesn't get turned into a charter school type model. Not that saying there's anything about charter schools or not, that's a whole different conversation. But we already have that model. We don't need a secondary one that's going to siphon more kids off from our. Anyway, that's a little little aside. But that's not what that. But but similar kind of thing of how can we then focus on um, really developing that whole idea of that that whole education piece and not just focusing on just all college, for example, college or nothing. Yeah, I mean because here, it's just it's unsustainable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really about pathways. And here at Educate Me, obviously we're we're supportive of, of young uh, students and anybody going into four year uh, degree programs. That they're a great fit for um, many of the open jobs that are available here in Maine. But we've been doing a significant amount of work uh, with our employers and higher education partners and making sure students know that there's a variety of pathways for them in terms of training after high school. You know, we believe that every student needs to leave high school and go into some sort of training. Right, um, but that could be everything from uh, you know a six month you know very trade oriented uh, program or an you know an apprenticeship program where there's kind of learning on learning and training on the job um, to you know a, a four year degree and everything in, in between you know is you know I think as a state we need to keep as a you know a whole state and all of the partners and communities need to keep sending that message to young people that that um, training and education needs to be part of their life you know, every step of the way be as they graduate high school, but it doesn't have to be as traditional as only a four-year um, degree, which which I think is really a shift for Maine and has been a shift over the, it's next, huge. Over the last couple of years. Um, because in terms of the Maine Spark Initiative, you know, we're working with adults trying to get adults back into training programs, back right. into degree programs, because they're ready, you know, they're career changers or they're ready to pursue, um, you know, additional training to, you know, to, to move up on the, um, to move up on the job, and uh, we've got to support everybody um, in order to actually meet the needs of our, our um, employers here here in Maine. So not just the folks coming out of K-12, but also the folks that have been out of school for, for 20 years that need to come back in and, and learn some new skills in order to, to get another job in another field here in the state. We're really excited about, um, we recently did some work with career and technical education folks, and that was, you know, that was really um, a great experience for us and we're excited about going forward with that work and so that's you know and it's and it's you know really um, students actually you know the, the dual enrollment and you know leaving high school with some credentials it's huge mm. and it's you know it's we have to start talking about student passion that's the that's the key is is what is it that is best for the students where, where is their passion going to lead them we need to follow their lead that's the key yeah, we, we were part of this project with the State Board of Education and MACD and CT directors looking at ninth and 10th grade students in, in CT programs and learning about best practices, having them share with one another, and, and really helping schools figure out, okay, if we want to expand career and technical education, how do we do it? What barriers stand in the way? What <laughs> partnerships need to be created in order for this to happen so that students who want to go into um, career and technical center programs, you know, coming out of middle school, that they that they can do that. Uh, we're singing my song, I'll tell yeah. you. Because <laughs> what, what, well, all you're talking about is really is meeting the kids where they are mm -hmm. and figuring out ways to engage them. Yeah, reading Romeo and Juliet is important. But one of the things that I, I, keep, I keep sharing with my staff and anyone who will listen to me is that like it or not our teachers our educators we're in competition we're in competition with every device that's out there we're in with a competition with every bit of media that's out there when i was going to school when i was in going or i had three channels you know there, there i didn't have a vcr i was the remote control for my for my dad and it was a thing where you know the only entertainment in the classroom was the teacher it was the person so that was the center of the world well now all of the information, more information they could possibly get is at their fingertips, plus done in ways that's more entertaining than hearing some Yahoo speak for 40 minutes. So, like it or not, we're in competition with these things. And the one thing that our, 
that this generation has more than many other generations, they really care about um, value, but they also care that it's that, that, that there's that there's um, there's meaning to what they're doing. That's really important. They have to be able to buy into it. They have to be able to say, no, I believe in this. If they don't, they're going to turn off. They're going to go somewhere else. But if you can get them to believe, you can get them to understand that real meaning of what you're doing, they'll follow. They'll go along. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'll, I'll put the phone down because I'm going to get engaged. I'll put the iPad down because I'm going to get engaged. They'll do that. But we have to meet them where they are in order to do that. And part of meeting them where they are is being realistic with our environment of where we live and what, we're, what we have to offer so that we can then connect our community. See, it's, it's all just a level of student-centered learning of really, but it's, but it's not just at a, at a very you know, micro granular classroom level, it's at a very macro level is what I'm ever so ineloquently getting to. Well, and, and you're right. I mean, you talked about it, it's got to be relevant. Yeah. Well, that's that is and and you know once again it's not you know we have students coming to school at very different levels and so we have to we have to understand where they are and and meet them where they are and give them the support and for some students it's going to take more to support them to get them to where they can be successful but that's that's our responsibility as adults in in the state it's our it's it, it's our moral imperative well, looking at the clock, I've, been, I've taken 40 minutes of your time, which was about 25 minutes more than I'm worth. So uh, thank you for that. Um, so let, let, I want to wrap it up. We haven't talked about one of the, or two really, of the major things that I, or no, not major things, two of the other things Educate Maine does. And I'm going to put it in your lap, however, whichever way you want to do it. One, the symposium that's coming up in December, and also the Maine Teacher of the Year program. Those are two things that we still have left on the table to talk about and go. We'll start with the Teacher of the Year and end with a symposium. So um, the main Teacher of the Year program is one of our um, signature programs. Yes, it is. We enjoy it so much. We, we're, we're, we feel privileged to administer the program for the Maine Department of Education. It's a, it's a unique partnership. Um, you know, only uh, you know, we run the Maine Teacher of the Year program with, with a memorandum of understanding with the Maine Department of Education, but we couldn't do it without the support of the State Board of Education and the Maine Teacher of the Year Association. And of course, our the Maine Teacher of the Year uh, program is supported by Maine businesses. Bangor Savings Bank is our lead funder, Hannaford, the Maine Lottery, Geiger, Dead River, um, Pratt & Whitney, they support, they offer the, the funding so that our teachers can um, experience a year-long professional development program. So we've been doing this since 2013, um, and we started um, the County Teacher of the Year program. And so now, each year, we name a County Teacher of the Year, one of whom is selected as the State Teacher of the Year. And as we build this growing network of teachers, it has far surpassed the um, our expectations. I mean, they are an amazing group of, of teachers. Uh, recently, uh, there was a York County ESET, which is elevating and celebrating effective teaching, and there was one in Washington County, and they were led by our County Teachers of the Year. And so this is... Yeah, I, was at, I was at the uh, Teach to Lead. So, which and also was a number week. of a yeah. number same yeah. week number of the teacher of the year. They're um, they're truly amazing people, and, amazing and educators. Who, if you don't follow them online, get to know them, follow them. It, it's you know the the whole teach to lead is you know our our the whole focus of our, of our program is to is to elevate the voice of the of the classroom teacher and to leverage the talents. That's one of the that's why we started the county program is because we were missing the boat and we weren't leveraging the talents of these of all of these amazing teachers and as a group they're making things happen you know teacher leadership is is you know something that we really have to we have to put our, our shoulder behind um, so so we're uh, so you know, I, for the record, that's an administrator saying that that we need to elevate teacher voice and get us administrators who like to talk a lot stop talking. 
Listen to them. So there is also some exciting news. <gasps> I know. Are we, are we breaking news on this? We are breaking, we are breaking news. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, so we're excited to let everyone know that... Going viral. Uh, that we are, we have recently selected the 2020, 2020, can you believe that? Uh, Main Teacher of the Year finalists. And um, we will be... Do you want a drum roll? We do. Thank you very much. Uh. So Heather, <laughs> Heather Whitaker from Gorham Middle School, that's Cumberland County. Rob Taylor, Spruce Mountain Middle School, that's Franklin County. And Tom Gray from Camden Hills Regional High School, Knox County. So their next steps, we will do site visits. Um, they'll have an interview with the Department of Education. And um, then one of these three will represent Maine on the national level. So it's pretty exciting. That's great. And I'm sure one of the criteria will be they have to come on the Maine Education Matters podcast. Right, that, 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 that's of course yes. part of the Teacher of the Year criteria. That is now a deliverable. Per perfect. Uh, so that, 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 that's fantastic. Uh, so congratulations to you folks uh, out there new to, to possibly, you know, the, all the County Teacher of the Year and also those who are now become the finalists for the main Teacher of the Year. Congratulations. That's really an exciting program. Um, and I, I've met so many of them. And in fact, uh, from I went to the Teach to Lead Summit last week or two weeks ago. It all blends together at some point. And... Um, I learned this little thing from one of the, the teachers of the year, and I did it with my teachers last week when I was doing a professional learning. And I just, a way to get everyone calm and get everyone back quiet together. It's like, I just learned this. I, even just a professional learning, quick little things. Yeah. They're great people, and you always learn from other folks, and it's, and it's fantastic. So finally, let's wrap this up. The symposium. What's happening there? So our annual symposium this year is on Friday, December 6th at the Holiday Inn by the Bay here in Portland. And this is a gathering of educators, business leaders, community leaders from across Maine. They're all coming together to support education. Um, we have the leadership luncheon at this event. So we celebrate all the county teachers of the year, all the award winners of all the different teaching and administer, um, you know, administrator uh, associations. Uh, so superintendent of the year, principal of the year. We celebrate all the folks that are contributing to education and have been award winners throughout the year as part of the leadership luncheon at that particular event. So this year's, um, the theme is certainly uh, centered around Maine Spark uh, and the state attainment goal. So 60% by 2025, so there's a whole variety variety of different sessions, breakout sessions about everything from, from policy, from early childhood to, to K-12, to post-secondary education, um, to new opportunities and, and attracting um, talent from outside of Maine to come. Uh, we also have a plenary to start off the day um, that's going to be led by students, so we're really excited about Aww. that uh, this year. Um, that's great. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a nice way uh, to um, to kick off the day in general. So we'll be opening up registration later in September. Um, so you know, stay tuned for that. We, we love to see a whole variety of educators from all 16 counties, business leaders, community leaders. There's there's really something for everybody, um, and it's, it's just a room full of people, 400 or so, that all care about Maine schools and care about Maine communities and see the value of education and business partnerships as a key strategy for school and student success. Um, and it's, it's just a great event that we've been doing for a number of years and uh, you know we, we look forward to it. Um, so we'll be releasing the schedule, the breakout descriptions, our, our plenary comments um, or, or uh, details. Um, and then we'll also be announcing uh, the West Bonnie Award winner uh, coming up here pretty soon, um, which is a, a very significant award that we give at that particular event. So where can they follow you? How can they follow, make sure your, your, all your antics, everything that you're all up to, because well, your, your mild social media profiles. This is the, t the time for plugs. There it's it time is. For plugs. So follow us at Educate Maine on Twitter, at Educate Maine, at Ed Leaders Maine, at Maine Teacher of the Year. Um, could follow Project Login. at Project Login. <laughs> And, and at Maine Spark. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many ways to engage with us. Like us on Facebook and follow us there. Um, visit our website where, you know, our policy briefs, you can find our policy briefs on, on our website, which is um, educatemaine.org. 
so it's uh, we're we're out there and we'd love to have more people engage with us what about yourself do i'm following you well, <laughs> um, I do have, um, I do have, you know, my tweets are my own, but you, if you want to follow me, at, if you want to follow me at Dalsell, at Dalsell, Maine, Dalsell, me, I don't even know what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. tag them. Yeah. Right, I'll tag thanks. them all in the tweets. <laughs> and mine's just, I think, jjud5 at, you know, uh, on Twitter, but you can find me there too. Just, just type in Jason Judd. <laughs> yeah. and, but we've got, we're really active across all the different platforms and really sign up for our newsletter. You, that way you'll be able to hear and, and read everything that's going on um, across our programs and be able to engage. So much of what we do is sharing resources and best practices with the field. Uh, and, and that's where our niche is. And, and really, we're a resource to, to schools across the state um, and businesses across the state. Um, so please, you know, reach out to us, send us an email, um, follow our social media. And, and you know, our, our colleagues, Angela Exley and um, Catherine Johnson are, you know, they're available too to, you know, if they're, if you have some questions, they're so knowledgeable in, you know, policy and workforce development. And so contact us, you know, you know, and they can, they can answer so many of your questions. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of, kind of weird because I'm talking to only 40% of, <laughs> of the whole Educate Maine uh, staff here. So I have to get the rest of them on at some point. Right, and, and none of this is possible without Amanda Peterson because she just <laughs> yeah. keeps us all together and you know going in the right direction. Otherwise, we wouldn't know quite where we were going. <laughs> well, Dolly, Jason, thank you so very much for your time, for taking, for carving out a bit of your afternoon. I know it was... It's, it's, it's weird and it's, it's an odd thing, but thank you very much for listening, for following along with us, and for uh, sharing ourselves, sharing yourselves on with ourselves and all the selves that are involved. Uh, you can uh, follow us uh, at Maine Ed Matters if you haven't already if, um, on Twitter, Maine, at Maine Education Matters on Facebook. We will be updating our spreadsheet that is keeping track of all of our legislation and uh, whether you've heard it Whenever you're listening to it, it might be out by now, but um, we've also been released a recap of the summer and what we didn't cover and where we've been and any changes that have happened in the Matt and Matt world over the last few months. So thank you very much for listening. Dolly, Jason, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right, bye.